And Maggie Carr, you're up. Good morning. And thank you for welcoming me back here in this sacred space at South Merritt and Trinity United Methodist Church. It's a joy to be here this morning and a blessing. A couple of logistics um, or around the sermon. One is um, working backwards. Um, in the bulletin, it shows the message followed by the affirmation of faith followed by the hymn of response. Um, in reality, we'll have the message followed by the hymn of response and then the affirmation of the faith of faith. And that's the way that Pastor John has queued them up for the slides. Um, the other thing, speaking of, of the slides for the service, by means of giving credit, um, the first slide you'll see is the one that Pastor John created for this morning. The second is a photograph from my friend Kevin Buckley. Then during the part where we're talking about the scripture, there's a series of slides um, of art that's in the public domain from Vanderbilt University. And um, the final photographs are, are mine and safe to look at without thinking about who did them. Please join me in a moment of prayer. Holy One, prepare us to receive your word. As we listen in faith and hope, open our minds and our souls. Free us from the distractions of everyday life that we may hear the promise of your love. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. There's a story about a man by an anonymous author that occasionally makes the rounds on social media or is heard at retreats and other gatherings. Bear with me if you've heard this before. The man whispered, God, speak to me. And a meadowlark sang, but the man did not hear. So the man yelled, God, speak to me. Thunder rolled across the sky, but the man did not listen. The man looked around and said, God, let me see you. A star shone brightly, but he noticed it not. And the man shouted, God, show me a miracle. And a life was born but the man was unaware. So the man cried out in despair, touch me, God, and let me know that you are here. Whereupon God reached down and touched the man, but the man brushed the butterfly away and walked on. This is one of those stories that speaks to me in a couple of different ways. On one hand, it's a story about some <laughs> man 
care of the micro. It's on again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep, so this is on. That's it. Um, all the, uh, the rest was just feedback. Okay. My apologies for that dreadful noise. Okay. Thank you, Jesse. This is one of those stories that speaks to me in a couple of ways. On one hand, it's a story. I can't believe that's it. A story about some fictional man who is not paying attention to God. Sometimes when I hear the story, I just want to touch his hand and say, stop, breathe. Oh, okay. No, that would be better. from a distance. Thank you, Lori. My pre-worship question to the people in the back row, can you hear me? Thank you. So sometimes when I hear the story about this fictional man, I just want to touch his hand and say, stop, breathe. Listen to the birds singing. Look up at the night sky. Please don't brush the butterfly away. On the other hand, this is a story that makes me really uncomfortable because it's about me sometimes. How often, I wonder, have I missed hearing what God has to say to me? How often have I been so focused on checking off items on my list of things to do, that I've walked past the flower by the sidewalk without looking at it, avoided hearing the gentle guidance of a loved one, or even brushed away the almost silent butterfly. It is so easy to forget to pay attention to God. Our Bible readings this morning focus on two different stories that are, in a way, about paying attention to God. To be more specific, both the psalm and Elijah address the matter of paying attention to God in times of change, times of transition, times when we are passing the mantle. It seems timely to consider the subject of paying attention and transition during the month of June when so many of us and our loved ones are experiencing transitions of one sort or another. 
it seems timely here in this place where Pastor John is going to be spending a quarter of his time in ministry at the beginning of July. (laughs) This is a great story because I've been talking about distractions and I'm creating them left and right. Sermon illustration. Um, (laughs) So Pastor John is going to be spending a quarter of his time in ministry up at the United Methodist Church in East Berlin and three quarters of his time and that's going to probably add up to like about a time and a half of anyone else's time in ministry here with you and starting in July not next week but week after next a change a transition here will be starting worship at nine o'clock in the morning rather than ten o'clock Our psalm this morning, and I thank you, Corky, for reading it so beautifully, is one of my personal favorites. It begins with the psalmist longing to worship God as urgently as a thirsty deer longs for a stream of life-sustaining water. In the crowds in the past, the psalmist has gone with crowds of people, perhaps even led the crowds in great joy-filled processions to worship at the temple in Jerusalem. But now, the crowds have left on their journey and our psalmist has been left behind, very likely struggling with a serious illness, feeling like Every bone is just crushed. The psalmist is so miserable, it feels like a waterfall is pouring over their body, adding to the pain and generating so much noise that even thought is practically impossible. The psalmist calls to God at the deepest hour, of discouragement and pain calls to a God who fully understands the depth of our human suffering. And the psalmist begins to experience a glimmer of hope and to say, I will praise God again. I will sing God's songs and later in Psalm 43 I will praise God with my harp even in the midst of grief and pain the psalmist is led to experience God's unfailing love to feel that glimmer of hope and to remember God as a solid rock. In our reading about the prophet Elijah, we encounter a different situation. The prequel to today's reading in 1 Kings 18 is 
a really bloody and gruesome story about a contest of who is really God, the Lord or Baal, the Canaanite storm god. And it ends with Elijah killing the prophets of Baal. Queen Jezebel, a worshiper of Baal, responds by sending a messenger to Elijah, threatening to kill him. Elijah is terrified and runs for his life into the desert, where after two days, undoubtedly exhausted, he sits under a solitary broom tree. No longer wanting to save his life, he begs the Lord to let him die and falls asleep until he is woken by a messenger of God bringing bread and water. Elijah eats, drinks, and sleeps again until the messenger wakes him up one more time with more food and water to sustain him for a long journey ahead. It is a long journey indeed to Mount Horeb, the same mountain where Moses received the Ten Commandments. Once at the mountain, Elijah goes into a cave to spend the night. It is here where God calls Elijah to come out and stand on the mountain, saying, the Lord is passing by. You know what happened next. An extraordinarily strong windstorm came through the mountains, breaking apart stones, tearing at the mountains itself. But the Lord wasn't in the windstorm. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And then a fire but the Lord wasn't in the fire. And after the fire, there was what my common English Bible calls a sound, thin, quiet, or what my New Revised Standard Bible calls a sound of sheer silence. It is a sound or an absence of sound that we rarely experience in today's world. And even in ancient times, it got Elijah's full attention. The Lord was in the silence. Elijah covered his face and went out to the mouth of the cave. God asked Elijah a question he had asked before on this journey. What are you doing here? And then God redirected Elijah, sending him back through the desert to Damascus, where Elijah's responsibilities would include anointing both the next king of Israel and just beyond today's reading, also his own successor, Elisha major changes were ahead. Although most of us are not facing journeys through the desert or life-altering changes like Elijah, 
many of us are either encountering or initiating change at this time of year. We need to remember that God who is with us in times of stability remains ever-present in times of change. As much as possible in times of change, as at all times, it is important to worship with our communities, to carve out time for personal prayer, reflection, and scripture reading, to be aware of and perhaps actively look for the blessings in our lives. For me personally, it is extremely important to seek out reasons for gratitude and to approach both God and life with a thankful heart. When we are the ones who are initiating change, we need to remember to make decisions that reflect our love for God and our neighbors. We need to look for the ways God is present when we are having conversations about the change, even and especially those conversations that are difficult. It is good to be aware of settings where we can readily enter into times of personal prayer and reflection. As a matter of convenience, most of my devotional time is spent at a table in our living room. Yet my personal ideal in a setting for prayer for reflection is a deserted beach. Some of, for some of my friends, a labyrinth walk is the most meaningful thing. Stained glass windows are deeply inspiring for many people. I would not be at all surprised to learn that some of you find deep meaning in the stained glass windows here in this sanctuary. My husband and I treasured the time we spent with the Tree of Life window in the prayer room at a rehab center where my husband spent a few months healing from a badly broken hip. A cross compels Christians to pay attention to God and all that God has done for us in a way that nothing else can. Still, there are many settings that help us to pay attention to God. Melissa Bain Sevier, at the close of a contemplative piece on Psalm 42 and Longings, wrote, Where are the places you can focus your spiritual longings? Where are the places you can focus on peace, on hope, 
on God, on the voices of your own heart. Not an escape from your real life, but a deepening of it, diving directly into the soul. We long for God. We seek the good. We are constantly searching, watching, looking. And just on the other side of our seeking, good is there, waiting to be found, waiting to flow from God into our soul, fulfilling those longings. Thanks be to God. Amen.